Good morning. Y'all can do better than that. I'm looking at you. I know you can do better than that. Good morning. It's another day's journey. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad about it. Because the Lord has blessed us. He's looked out for us when we didn't even look out for ourselves. He's been mighty good to us. Somebody was sick and now you're feeling better. Somebody had a loved one that went through something and the Lord brought them through it. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord because in this house, we can be rejuvenated. We can be re-empowered. I can hear a testimony from somebody over here that will encourage me. Somebody else over here may tune up on a hymn that will encourage and empower me. I was glad because the preach word will make me leave here better than I was. It's a good thing to be able to come into the house of the Lord. We welcome those of you that are joining us by way of live streaming. And we're not gonna, we're not gonna apologize for being the loud bunch. We're not gonna apologize because the Psalm says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And if you can breathe, praise him. Let us pray together. Lord God, we do thank you. Father God, we do not take this opportunity for granted. For Lord God, we know that we've not been so good, but we know that you've been good. You blessed us last month. You blessed us last week. But then every day you give us new blessings. And for that, Lord God, we say thank you. Thank you now, Lord God, for blessing us to be able to have a mind and have the knowledge to know that you deserve all of the praise and all of the glory. So we said thank you now, Lord. Father, we ask that you will bless everything that we do here this morning. Bless us and keep us so that when we leave here, we will be better than we were before we came with a new determination to keep on keeping on, to continue to tell boys and girls, men and women, that you are God and you're God all by yourself. And Lord God, we will continue to say thank you, we praise you, and we thank you now in the precious name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord, our Savior, and our God. And all of the people said amen. Amen, amen. and amen. The choir is coming now. Here we go, y'all, here we go, let's pray.
scripture reading from Hebrews 12th chapter, the first and second verse. Wherefore, searching, seeking, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin we do so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Look it unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. May we pray. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, at the beginning of the week, we are come to you for help and light. Grant us, we beseech you, that we may hallow this day of the rest of the service and find in you all peace and strength, enliven our devotions that we may serve you in spirit and in truth and build a good foundation for our work in the week ahead. Be with us in all our public services of our times that we may join in them with heart and soul and receive the blessings that you have promised to all who sincerely pray to you and faithfully hear your word. This we pray in the spirit of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Welcome to those of you that are online with us this morning. And as you can probably tell, Pastor is not with us, but we're going to send a shout out to him right now in North Carolina. And I want you to join me in saying, preach, Pastor, preach. All right. Yeah, yeah, let's get another hand clap of praise. All right. Now I notice that I see a lot of pink out here. And we today here at Cade Chapel are acknowledging Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And most of us have had at least one person we know, if not ourselves, who have gone through the process of either surgery or had uh, different treatments. And we're going to ask you to do something very special this week. If you know a person that has gone through uh, breast cancer, please call them and give them encouragement and let them know how much we love them here at K Chapel. Is that all right? Can I get a hand clap of praise for that? Uh, we, we have those in our congregation. I see a special banner this morning, and thank you, my sister. Uh, you, do you want to stay in? I think that's so pretty. That is such a wonderful reminder. And, and I know y'all can clap real loud. Right? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We thank God that you are a survivor and you are acknowledging it. Uh, we do, we're not calling anybody out, but we're just saying, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, that there is medicine, there is surgery, and that there is research being done as we uh, remind you, go get your exams, women and men. 
Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, I see we have Dr. <laughs> we have our Visit Jackson director here with us this morning. And he, he called me and reminded me that as we are finishing many phases of um, COVID, that we start to go back and visit our local businesses and our local restaurants. So um, I'm just going to ask if you will, for me, if you're going out today, try to eat in Jackson. <laughs> Is that all right? <laughs> Our daddy would say it's a poor frog that won't croak in its own pond. All right. Now, we here at Cave Chapel also have a opportunity to understand all of the different people who are running for office. And we, in our Sunday school lesson this morning, uh, we were talking out of Judges, and we were dealing with uh, how that nation kept not following, and God kept sending people, and he sent this particular judge, and the judge said, oh, well, I'm not qualified. And, and God told him, I'll equip you. And we still believe that. We believe that if we have people with a willing heart and the right spirit and have some integrity about themselves, that God will help them be a good judge, right? So we do have another candidate that's here with us this morning. We're going to ask Mr. Trent Walker, who is running for Circuit Court Judge District 2, if he would come forward. And uh, Trent, if you would just come to this podium. And I have a whole lot of timekeepers. Uh, they are going to keep you to two minutes. They'll start holding up fingers. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, y'all. Online, that's kind of my joke. But uh, one of the ministers said he's not kidding. So Trent, please tell us about yourself and why you're running for judge. Thank you so much. Uh, first, giving honor to God, who is the head of my life, let me make the first thing I do not to commit a cardinal sin and would uh, ask my lovely wife if she would please stand. Uh, she goes everywhere with me. Amen. Uh, Amen. The Bible says that he who findeth the wife findeth the good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So, church, that's my good thing. Amen. And the source of my favor from the Lord. Uh, having said that, uh, my name is Trent Walker and I am running for Circuit Court Judge Subdistrict 2, which is the seat that Judge Tommy Green is retiring from. Uh, you live in Subdistrict 2 if you live west of I-55, uh, south of County Line Road, east of Mega Evers, and north of Woodrow Wilson, but also if you live in uh, Pocahontas, Cynthia, Brownsville, Tenant, or Presidential Hills. So if you live in that area, then you are in the district. I'm running for Circuit Court Judge because I've been a 36-year resident of Hines County, minus the three years that I live uh, that I live uh, out of Mississippi to go to law school. I live in Hines County because I choose to live in Hines County. That means I have the same concerns that everybody that lives in Hines County has. I know what it's like to walk out in my driveway and find out that my truck is just not where I parked it last. I know what it's like to be trying to go to sleep, but I can still hear gunshots outside. 
I'm running because I am experienced. I want to be clear, I am running on my resume. I was appointed by the Mississippi Supreme Court to serve as special uh, circuit court judge, so I've served in this position before, but I'm asking the voters to do the appointment this time. Currently, I serve as special master for commitments, uh, so I work with the mentally ill and I decide whether or not they can be treated as an outpatient or if they need to be committed to Whitfield or another institution. In my 26 years as a practicing lawyer, I've tried over 60 cases to verdict all over the state. I'm a former assistant county prosecutor. I was the first youth drug court prosecutor. I was a youth court referee, parent representative for people with uh, CPS cases. Currently, I'm the public defender for the city of Lexington as well as for the Hines County Justice Court. So I have put in the work, and I, now I'm asking the voters to put me to work as your next circuit court judge. I believe in stiff punishment for violent criminals, but I also believe that there are people who are deserving of a second chance, and I have the wisdom to know the difference. I work in the criminal justice system every day. I know what we do well, and I know what needs improvement. For instance, just like I got to speed up, we got to speed these cases up. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so a vote for Trent Walker is a vote for concerned, committed, experienced, effective justice. On November 8th, I'm asking you to pray for me, and then please go vote for me for Circuit Court Judge, Sub-District 2. Thank you all so much for taking the time to let me come and be heard. Thank you so much, Brother Walker. And I wanted to apologize to, to uh, Dr. Thickpen. You know, I had one of those senior moments that I could not say your name. And I want to thank uh, Zach Wallace for being a part of our Sunday School this morning. He actually came to share why we're not just going to be registered voters, but we are going to be active voters. And that's the message that we leave you with this morning as we carry out our Christian's responsibilities. Praise God, thank you all. And now we have an important announcement that you can all participate in. I don't know if it's going to be an announcement or not. But I know this is a cheerful time. Amen. Good morning, Kate Chapel. Well, it's tithes and offering time. I say that because this is the time that we all have the opportunity to bless the Lord through our giving. Here at Cade Chapel, we do understand that fully worshiping God includes our giving, which are given primarily for three reasons here at Cade Chapel. The first reason why we give, it demonstrates our obedience to God's word. The second reason is because it gives us a sign of thanksgiving to God for providing all and supplying our needs. And third reason why we give, because we simply want to see the kingdom of God grow through the missions and ministries that occur here, throughout our city, our states, and even around the world. Now, there are multiple ways in which you can give. You can give by use of the traditional way, using the envelope system. You can mail it in, or you can drop it off by the office. Or you can use the K Chapel app. And for those of you that are with us by live stream, you also can bless the Lord through your giving by utilizing the number that's on your stream. So how much you give and whichever way you decide to give, we do encourage you to do so without grudging 
or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful gift. God bless you. Right, if y'all lift him up with us this morning, walk in the light. <laughs> Beautiful light. <laughs> Come where the dew drops. Of mercy. Oh, yeah. Oh Lord, shine all around us. <laughs> oh Lord,
receive and bless these gifts in our lives, O oh God, which we offer in response to your steadfast love as your son Jesus transformed people's lives so may the lives of others be transformed through these gifts through our love and through our witness in Christ's name we pray amen sleeping he's always there so you know listen to me you know that you have someone who's watching over you at all times praise be to God good morning K Chapel again this week there are some that are requesting your prayers and also this is an opportunity for you as church members to participate in the ministry of one another. We ask that you continue to pray for the right family, but we also have those who have recently lost loved ones. 
the funeral service for Mr. David Moton, the brother of Sister Mary Bell, was held on Wednesday, October 12th in Florida. Sister Joanne Irving lost her sister, Miss Mildred Davis. The funeral service for Miss Davis was held on yesterday, October 15th in Benton, Mississippi. We have recovering in rehab, brother, I'm sorry, Deacon Cornelius Story, brother Benny Lowry, and recovering at home, we have Representative Alice Clark, Sister Catherine Kilpatrick, Sister Gloria Greer, Brother Levi McBride, Brother Al Levy, Sister Sharon Turner Davis, and Brother Sammy Henderson. We have those also asking for prayer, Brother Al Buchanan, Mr. R.T. Cage, the brother of Sister Mary Bell, and also Leroy Harrington of Chicago, Illinois. And as I always say, as you travel during the week, pray when you can, visit where you can, and what? And each day, thank God that you can. God bless you. Hey, hey. 
Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. See what the end gonna be. Keep going. yourself is with us this morning. Where, oh, there she is. How you doing this morning? So nice to have you with us. And we give honor to um, Portia's mother, the late Catherine Moore, and the fine way that she has been not only birthed into the world, but has accepted her call to ministry, and she is currently serving as a youth pastor and the director of performing arts ministry at her home church, Stronger Hope Missionary Baptist Church. Miss Moore identifies herself as young, saved, and happy. It is that that she dedicates her life to giving both back to her community by equipping young people in service to God. Let's give a hand clap of praise as we welcome Pastor Moore who says, I truly believe it takes a village to raise a child. Pastor Moore. Have life and have it more abundantly. 
to this great pastor in his absence and the first lady, I do thank you on today for giving me this opportunity to come before you and share the word of God. I won't be before you long on this morning, but there is a word found in Daniel 3. There's a word found in Daniel 3, verses 19 through 23. And if you could, please, if you could turn the mic up just a little bit for me. Thank you. Verse 19 reads, Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expressions on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning fiery furnace. Because the king's order was so urgent and the, and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the fiery, fiery furnace. On today, if you could, just look at to someone on your left or your right and say, Neighbor, you've got to learn how to keep your cool in a hot situation. You've got to learn how to keep your cool in a hot situation. During the summertime pass, I observed a woman sitting at a gas station. Strangely, she was dressed in winter attire during a summer occasion. As I examined her from afar, I noticed that she was dressed in what looked like five shirts, three pairs of pants, four pairs of socks, and a long trench coat. It was unbuttoned, and she carried a bag of thrash and a broom in her hand. She looked somewhat nomadic, which is to say that she really had no place to call home. Therefore, she moved around living from place to place. Well, on another occasion, I spotted her at the gas station again. I reached into my pocket, blessed her with a $5 bill that I had, and as I retrieved it, I proceeded to ask her the question, why do you wear winter attire in the summer season? She responded by saying, see young woman, what I'm trying to do is be cool in my hot situation. I could not understand the logic behind the statement, but she said, the more that you put on, the cooler that you will be. Well, I guess that was her way of saying, keeping my cool in a hot situation. Well, there was another time my homegirl was out to eat and she saw her boo thing sitting across the room and he was supposed to be at the gym. He looks as if he was on a date. She wanted to run across the restaurant, give them the business, but she sat down, decided to stay classy and get all of the proof that she needed to verify that he was low down and wasn't worth her time. In that moment, she kept her cool in a hot situation. Somebody pulls off in front of you and take the parking spot that you were waiting on. Instead of letting down your window, saying some four-letter words other than Mark, Luke, and John, giving them a piece of your mind, you decided to keep your cool 
in a hot situation. There were times when you were in the grocery store and your child ran the bucket up on your ankle. Let's keep in mind he or she was already acting up in school. Bad grades on the progress report, talking back to the teachers instead of grabbing them in the store, releasing that anger out on them. Don't act like you were not going to give it to them when they got home. But in that moment, you kept your cool in a hot situation. Let me bring it home a little bit. You park in the same spot every Sunday. You sit on the same pew every Sunday. Hell and high water been taking over you all week long. You pull up in the parking spot and somebody that you know is parked in your spot. You walk in the sanctuary and they're sitting in your seat in the sanctuary. Instead of looking at them as if you've been sucking on non-seasoned chitlins all morning, you decided to sit somewhere else and you kept your cool in a hot situation. Well, brothers and sisters, while reminiscing over all of these hot situations, I'm reminded of a hot situation which took place in the ancient Babylon with the kingdom that was so unfriendly toward God and his ways. There in Babylon, too many people were forced to worship the pagan god who was commanded by a heathen king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. Here is what we have to get a hold of on today. If we're going to live for Jesus in this world, if we're going to be his and his alone, if we're going to refuse to let this world squeeze us into its mold, then we must understand that we are going to suffer some persecutions. This is what the Bible is teaching us in John 16 and 33. It says, these things I have spoken unto you. That in me, yea, will have peace, but in the world you shall have tribulations. But it says to be of good cheer because I have already overcome the world. So in other words, in this journey called life as a Christian, your walk in, in Christ will not be easy. Which means as a Christian, you will still face trials. As a Christian, you will still face tribulations. As a Christian, you will still be tested. As a Christian, you will still face some sickness. As a Christian, you will still face tragedies and death. As a Christian, you will still get fired from your job. As a Christian, you will still get cussed out. As a Christian, you may still go through a divorce. As a Christian, you could still get cheated on as a Christian your house and your car could be repossessed but as a Christian this verse verifies that when we are dealing with all of the trials and tribulations in our life as a Christian we get to walk through it we get to walk through all of the fire in our lives in peace and in purpose because the life that God has called us to is already wonderful why because Jesus has already overcome the world see I see y'all still don't know when to shout God is telling you to take up his yoke and your problems and situations will be made easy and the burden that is bothering you will be made light in this life you will have hell but the good news is the price of your suffering has already been paid Christ suffered mightily because God called him to suffer and then I like how the author of Hebrews says that Christ was anointed with the oil of joy see Jesus promised us peace but we ought to 
trust him and walk faithfully in the life that God has called us for. Because no matter what's going on in your life, you will still have joy and you will still have peace in the presence of God. And I don't know about you all on today, but I'm just glad that there's a remedy for my pain. I'm just glad that there's a remedy for my struggle. I'm just glad that there's a remedy for my heartache. Because when Portia is in a hot situation, Portia don't have to turn the weed. When Portia is in a hot situation, you don't have to turn the liquor. When you're in a hot situation, you don't have to get ugly and lose your cool because you can go to the source of your strength and in that source will you find peace in your life. And right now I just need about three people to touch yourself and say, self, I don't have a reason to feel down because I got 99 problems but my joy and my peace ain't one because I can go through the fire and I can still shout I can go through the fire but I can still dance I can go through the fire and lift up holy hands why because my joy is not predicated on where I am my joy is predicated on what's on the inside of me and this joy that I have the world didn't give it to me in a first place and the world sure enough can't take it away you ought to take five seconds just to thank God for your joy no matter what you're going through you can still keep your cool in a hot situation that's all that's going on in our text on this morning we're going to meditate how to handle living for God when the heat is in our neighbor and living on Seth Avenue How effectively will you be able to maintain your faith when the heat is turned on? Or will you vacate your faith and disappear on God? See, brothers and sisters, it is an awesome task to stand with the Lord when life is good and cool. When life is a toast with the tulips and a dance with the daisies. When they ask you how you're doing, you say, oh, I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. I'm too equipped to be whipped. But if we be real on this morning, what about when the heat gets turned up in your life? How then will you respond to a heated situation? So I reached out to my guys on today, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When I called, they didn't answer, but they texted me back and said, Portia, what do you want? I asked them to tell me the story of how they came out of the fiery furnace. That group texted me and said, well, here are some things that you need to tell the church in order for them to keep their cool in a hot situation. They said, first, we were threatened. Second, we had to see if God could trust us. Thirdly, we were tested. And lastly, we triumphed. As we dig into this verse, we come to realize that they are dealing with the man of fury. They're dealing with the man of fatigue and they are dealing with the man of frustration. Not only is he a man of fury, fatigue, and frustration, but he also has an attitude problem. And his problem is that he is stuck on himself. His name is Nebuchadnezzar and he's the king of Babylon. It was Nebuchadnezzar who was so into himself, he decided to incorporate a golden statue which stood 90 feet high and nine feet wide. And Nebuchadnezzar positioned this idol god in the plains of Dura near Babylon. 
It is here in the text that the king commanded all of the leaders to bow down and worship this golden image at the time the music played. During this worship period of the golden image, everyone bowed down in great honor and obeyed the king's command. But as we look at the text on this morning, I'm observing three boys who refused to bow down at the king's commandment. Please keep in mind that these people were in bondage. They were conformed to the king's command, rather if he was right or if he was wrong. And if you did not bow down, you were disrespecting the king's command. But the Hebrew boys were different from King Nebuchadnezzar. These boys did not have an attitude problem. They had an allegiance problem. See, despite trying times, they were still loyal and devoted to God to stand for him and his righteousness, no matter how hot the situation was that they were facing. Y'all still not catching it. Many of us have an attitude problem and not an allegiance problem when the situation get too hot in our lives. And I can put a pin right there. The word attitude is defined as a person's prevailing tendency to respond favorably or unfavorably to an object, a person, a group, or an event. Normally we speak with either positive or negative attitudes towards one another. Practically, it is how we think or how we feel. See, attitudes are formed by what we believe to be true about things. Our attitudes are expressed in several ways in our facial expressions, in our tone of voice, in our behavior and lack of it. It is expressed in the way by we perform a task, the energy that we put into whatever we are doing, and the interest that we have in a person, thing, or activity. So you should ask yourself like these Hebrew boys, how am I expressing Christianity? If so, is it out of allegiance or is it out of an attitude? Well, what do you mean, Portia? I'm glad you asked. When you express Christianity out of an attitude, it means when you express it out of an attitude, it means that there's nothing real about your worship or your praise. Let me help you out. You come to church because you grew up in church and you think that it's just the right thing to do. You don't believe in tithing, but you put $2 in the offering basket because you think that it's just the right thing to do. Somebody asks you to get on program at church. You really don't want to, but you get up there anyway and be all dry. You did it just because you think it's the right thing to do. See, when you are a Christian out of an attitude, you are nothing but a fake because there is nothing real about your worship or your praise. But a Christian out of allegiance knows what it feels like to be able to tithe a little bit of nothing, but it was all that you really had and you gave God your best. A Christian out of allegiance is a sincere worshiper because God desires sincere worshipers and not program praise. A Christian out of allegiance don't care what type of situation they are in, they will always have a spontaneous outpour for the love of God. Well, what do you mean? A spontaneous praiser is another word for a real praiser. See, a real praiser don't care where they are. A real praiser don't care what they are doing. When they have a shout in them, they got to let it out. A real praiser don't have time to be arrogant and bougie and sophisticated. A real praiser will praise God anywhere. You got good news right in the middle.
over. You ought to praise God. You came out of an accident walking free. No scratches on your body. You ought to praise God right where you are. No matter what type of fire you are going through, you should not be ashamed to praise God. And I got one question on this morning. Are there any praisers in the house on today? And as for my real worshipers in the house on today, a real worshiper in church will cry your hair out of praise. A real worshiper in church will cry your makeup off. A real worshiper in church don't care nothing about how you look or how you dress or who's looking at you. Because when you think of all of the fire and the hell that God brought you out of and what he kept you from, you will start praising him right where you are. You ought to just point at somebody and ask them, are you a real praiser? First, there was a threat, but we're not worried about that. We're learning how to keep our cool. Now we can look at the trust of the story. Daniel 3 and 16 and 18 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery burning furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy God nor worship the golden image thou hast set up. Here in the text, brothers and sisters, there were some people who in Babylon who reported to the king that the three Hebrew boys would not bow down. I can hear the king in this moment asking the question, well, who are they? Give me their names that I might push them for their misconduct, and I may punish them for their misconduct. Well, O oh king, it's that the same boys whose names were changed after they were enrolled in the Babylonian school of ministry. You know who they are, O oh king, for you ordered for their names to be changed according to our customs. Although we know these three Hebrew boys as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those were their Babylonian names. Their real names were their Hebrew names, which was Hananiah, which means Yah is gracious. Mishael, which means who is what God is. And Azariah, which means Yah has helped us. Catch this now, church. Although Nebuchadnezzar changed their names, Nebuchadnezzar could not change their nature. The three Hebrew boys' real names were their true identity, which was tied into who they were in God. And as a result of their confidence in rising above the labels that were placed on them and the persecutions that came as a result of their faithfulness in God, they may have had new names, but they knew their true identity. They may have had new roles, but they still knew their purpose. They may have had new challenges, but they still knew they could rely on God to rescue them and to get them out of the situation that they were in. Even though the flames were hot, they were still able to keep their cool. The Hebrew boys rested their identity in Christ. And when your identity is rested in Christ, no matter what your no matter what circumstances or fire may come your way, you can already know and be assured that God is with you. 
And the test of the story comes in in verse 3 and 19. It says, Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and he formed his visage, and they changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he smote, spoke to them, and he commanded that they should heat the furnace seven times more than it was heated. The Hebrew boys knew that there would be a consequence behind not bowing. Nebuchadnezzar compromised with them, and he allowed them a second chance to bow down and worship or else face execution in the fiery furnace. And brothers and sisters, the problem with the church these days is that too many people bow down to idols on Monday through Saturday, and we try to straighten up on Sunday morning. Some of us need to stop bowing down so much to secular music with no meaning of salvation and find the comfort of the soul in the gospel. Many of us need to stop bowing down to our homes, our cars, our condos, our cottages. We need to stop bowing down to all of the things that we didn't deserve in the first place. You didn't deserve the car and you didn't deserve that house. Children, you don't deserve those Jordans and you don't just deserve the Nike. You don't deserve the food and you don't deserve those clothes. You don't deserve all of the Gucci and you don't deserve all of the Louis. You don't deserve this church and you don't deserve your gift. You don't deserve your breath and you don't deserve your mind. You don't deserve your peace and you don't deserve your joy. But by God's grace, he gave you what you did not deserve, but he withheld all of the fire that you did deserve. And because of what you have, God gave it to you in the first place and right now you ought to just take five seconds just to thank God for all that is done for you you ought to take five seconds just to thank God for his grace and for his mercy and now we're at my favorite part of the story we're at the triumph of the story Nebuchadnezzar then Nebuchadnezzar the king was so astounded and he rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have not been hurt. And the fourth man looks a little different. The fourth man looks as if he is the son of God. In other words, brothers and sisters, we see how they survived the threat. We see how they survived the trust. We see how they were tested. And now we're going to see how they triumphed. And the text says that Nebuchadnezzar then called for them to come out of the fire. He called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fire. Only three men in the story went into the fire. But when Nebuchadnezzar looked into the furnace, he didn't see three men in the furnace, but he saw four men walking around. Brothers and sisters in the text, there were only three men that went into the fire. But when Nebuchadnezzar looked in, he saw four men walking around. When Nebuchadnezzar called for the men to come out of the fire,
He called them out one by one. He saw Shadrach come out of the fire. He saw Meshach come out of the fire. And lastly, he saw Abednego come out of the fire. Only three men in the story came out of the fire. And right now I can see Nebuchadnezzar looking in the fire. And he's asking them, well, who is that fourth man? And why hasn't the fourth man come out of the fire? And the answer is that fourth man who's in the fire, he is still in the furnace. So whenever you are in some fire, you will find him already in the fire waiting on you. And he's looking at you and saying, keep your cool in a hot situation. And brothers and sisters, the reason why you were able to come out of your fire is because the Son of God was in the fire with you. I still see some of y'all don't know when to shout, but if you could just turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor, the reason why you ought to be shouting is is because if it wasn't for the fourth man who was in that fire you would know that God was rolling with you the entire time point at somebody and say I thank God I met him in the fire I thank God I met him in the struggle I thank God I met him in my heartache I thank God I met him in my pain I thank God I met him in the hell in my life see some of y'all met him at Sunday school some of you met him at vacation Bible school some of you met him on the internet but is there anybody here who can just lift up your hands and say I didn't meet him at none of those places I met God when I was in the fire. Look at somebody and say, I'm so glad that I met him in the fire. Say, I'm so glad I met him in the fire. Say it one more time. I'm so glad I met him in the fire. And the text says that the Hebrew boys came out of the fire. And when they came out of the fire, everybody noticed that they still looked the same way as they did when they first went in. In other words, when you come out of your fire, your testimony should be, I don't look like what I've been through because I had God on my side when I was in the fire and brothers and sisters I know another man who went through some fire one Friday up a hill called Calvary they hung him high they stretched him wide he hung his head and then he died but they put him in a borrowed tomb he stayed there all night Friday he stayed there all night Saturday, but somebody shout early, 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 early. Sunday morning, Jesus got up from the grave with all power. 
uh, living he loved me uh, dying he saved me uh, buried he carried my sins far away uh, rising he justified uh, freely forever and because he lives uh, I can face tomorrow uh, because he lives uh, all fear is gone uh, because I know who holds the future and my life is worth the living just just because he lives and since God lives for me I'm gonna be not dismayed whatever betides me because God will take care of you anybody know that God will take care of you anybody know that God will take care of you anybody know that God will take care of you anybody know that God will take care of you and I got a question for you on this morning won't he do it you tried it ain't he all right if you believe it you ought to lift your hands throw your head back and shout yeah yeah won't he do it when i think of the goodness of jesus and all he's done for me all I can shout is yeah thank you God for saving me you picked me up turned me around placed my feet on solid ground yeah yeah Staying cool in a hot situation. Staying cool in a hot situation. If I ever seen a song right before the preaching and then the sermon set up, this is it. They sang the song and she preached the sermon. Just like David in 1 Samuel the 30th chapter and the 6th verse where the scripture said that David had to encourage himself and you saw how the three Hebrew boys encouraged themselves in the Lord the doors are open the doors are open the doors are not just open for those of us that are here in the sanctuary but for you that, are, that is at home there should be a number on your screen that you can call. If you want to worship with us on Sunday, you can call that number and you can join us. But not only that, but here's an opportunity to pray. 
Let us pray with you at home. Our Father which art in heaven, we come to you thanking you for your many blessings. Lord, we thank you for being with us and for keeping us and for watching over us. And then, Lord, there are some at home who know that they are not saved. Lord, we pray that they would accept you now as their Lord and Savior, that they will whisper a word of prayer, say, I do believe and I do trust in the Lord Jesus Christ so that I may be also saved. The door's open. The door's open. You can come by love. You can come as a candidate for baptism. stand in for and ask our ministers to pray for that situation would you like to come down and stand in for someone Reverend Moore thankful for it. Now you can give us a benediction. 
all stand. I truly enjoyed myself here on this morning, and once again, thank you for having me and accepting me. And may the grace of God be with us, stand by us, hence now and forevermore. You may go down from this plane. Mm -hmm.